welcome to Block in the Back. On this podcast, we chat about all things Dynasty Fantasy Football from leagues to rankings. Now don't turn your back, square up and get ready to have some fun and get your teams to a championship with your hosts, Tyler Fish and Ryan Paulish. Welcome back, everybody. We're here, episode 16. I'm here with Ryan Polish. Ryan, how are you doing today? Doing great, Tyler. Ready for another week. We got a pretty interesting and kind of a different type of episode today. Uh, really excited to get after it today. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. So on today's episode, uh, we're going to discuss the, the over-under and the batting lines for the 2020 season. So I know we're typically, you know, dynasty related, but we're going to kind of chat about more redraft here and just kind of outlooks for these guys. And, uh, you know, Ryan and I will bounce back and forth and just kind of chat about, you know, do we think this person's going to go over or under this, rushing yards, receiving yards, that kind of stuff. Uh, so it'll kind of give you a little fantasy analysis. Plus, you know, if you are in a betting, uh, might be something that you can look at. And we got the over-unders. Ryan actually got the over-unders. And it's just kind of something that we'll have a conversation about. And I might quiz him. He'll quiz me. And we'll just kind of have a conversation. Ryan, you got any updated, any news for the listeners today? Well, geez, I mean, since we've been on last, we got training camp started, we got pads are on officially now, and man, you get the beat writers just going absolutely bonkers once the pads come on. Um, you get every little detail in camp, and um, Cam Newton's looking happy as always over in New England, and I know you saw a video, Tyler. Uh, what was that video on that you saw? Yeah, so if, if anybody hasn't seen this, I saw it on Twitter and I came across and the caption was the moment that Jarrett Stidham knew that he lost his starting job and somebody threw a football to Cam, he goes up and snags it with one hand. And uh, that was kind of all she wrote for Jarrett Stidham. I think Cam Newton's going to start and he seems to be having fun and Bill Belichick is letting him have fun and, and letting him, you know, be loose and show that personality. And somebody had said that locker room's different and all that. So, I mean, that's good to see, but Ryan, how much should we even, pay attention at this point like I watched there was a video of Chase Claypool going up catching a ball in the end zone he had nobody on him and he fell down and everybody's like you know he caught a touchdown it's like what like how how much do we even want to look at this as long as you're not getting hurt pretty that's pretty much what it is so these guys go absolutely insane if these guys take a sexy looking breath you're gonna hear about it on any news and any fantasy sites or on on twitter people are just going insane and i like to take it with kind of a grain of salt obviously i kind of want to see the videos that these people are are talking about I, I see the beat writer will say oh mike evans caught a really deep pass from tom brady but i kind of want to see the video because a deep pass for tom brady the last 20 years has been about 10 yards so, I mean, you, you do have to take it with a grain of salt. And, yeah, it could just be scheme stuff. And Mike Evans might have been the only wide receiver on the field just running one-on-ones. So you don't really know exactly what is going on. But you obviously like to hear about the players that you own in your different fantasy leagues. And But I wouldn't make any major decisions off of what you hear unless there are injuries involved, like you said, Tyler. Yeah, nobody freak out if – the rookie you drafted and had high hopes for hasn't made any news in camp. You know, if he hasn't made news in camp, that's probably a good thing. And I wouldn't be too worried about that. So just to kind of give you some of the, the you know, the rules of this. So, you know, we have the numbers on our sheet here. You know, I, I might say a guy to Ryan and he'll kind of give his thought process over here. And we have them listed as a, as 
a whole number. So we didn't go, you know, for Zeke, we didn't go 1,275 and a half rushing yards. We didn't say that. We just kept it as a whole number, 1,275 rushing yards, and we'll just say over or under. Um, and our thought process behind that. So I'm really, really looking forward to this one. I, I like betting probably more so than my wife would like, but this should be a good one. So should we get started here, Ryan? Yeah, I'm ready. You want me to start it off? Yeah, why don't you start us off with the first guy here. And we can bounce around position-wise, too, and it really doesn't matter. All right, so I'm going to start off with a guy who actually was one of the headliners in the news coming out of camp, and that's Nick Chubb. So Nick Chubb is actually in the concussion protocol right now, and that, at this point, doesn't scare me a whole lot. It's his first recorded concussion, if he even if it's even for sure. It would be his first recorded concussion in the NFL. Um, so I'm not super concerned. Typically, concussions are about a week to, to two weeks, and that would still put him on time to start week one. So that doesn't concern me at all as far as this line goes. But the line that we have right now is Nick Chubb over or under 1,350 rushing yards. So I actually picked the over on this. Uh, I think Nick Chubb is an absolute tank. He's a freight train. Uh, last year, he averaged 94 and a half yards per game, even after Hunt came back, which would have put him for the whole season at 1,512. And everybody's concerned about Hunt coming back, taking all the, taking some carries away, taking the receptions away. Chubb, receptions aren't his MO. So it doesn't really matter to me that Hunt even came back because I think I'm lower on Hunt than most. I don't think he's taken a whole lot of carries away from Chubb, especially if he's completely healthy. And like I said, with Hunt there, still averaged 94 and a half rushing yards a game, which would have put him at 1,512. The line right now is at 1,350, and he's just a stellar play to me. So I'm taking the over on Nick Chubb. Now, just so everybody's aware, we're assuming that a full NFL season happens. You know, if something were to, you know, to happen with uh, – the season ends early or we lose some games or something, obviously these bets are thrown out. Ryan, for the sake of this, do we just want to assume that none of these players have to sit out due to the illness? Now, if we think that they're going to get hurt, we just, we're not able to predict the illness at all. So do we want to just say we're assuming that they are healthy that way, but like say, for example, Dalvin Cook, I don't think Dalvin plays all 16 regardless of the illness. So that would be a player for me where I would maybe knock based on that. Is that, are we good with that? Yeah, correct. It's pretty much impossible to guess the illness and if they're going to get it or not. And if they got to sit out for a certain amount of time, cause there's certain 10 day that you have to sit out in certain two weeks that you have to sit out. So it's pretty much impossible and injuries would be kind of part of your analysis as well. So I would say I'm on, I'm on board with that. Okay. Just want to clear that for the listeners. Uh, <clears throat> in terms of Chubb, you know, 1350 is a lot and the hunt, I wonder how many or how far Hunt got moved up the board with this concussion news. And I know because everybody tends to overreact. I'm not too worried about the concussion either. Hunt, though, I did see, I, I scroll along something that, you know, he broke like the most tackles per touch, I think. And he was very, very high in the NFL. He might have led it. I want to say it was at least top five. Don't have it off top, top of my head here. But that is a little concerning. Um, but they beefed up the offensive line. That offense should be dynamite. He had 14 something last year um, with Hunt in the fold in the second half. You know, I'm I'm still going to take the over on Chubb, and 
you know, I'm, I'm not very confident in that one, though. That one's I'm a little on the fence. I think that number is very, very good. So scale of one to 10, comfort-wise, 10 being really comfortable, I'm somewhere in the middle. So I, that's kind of a toss-up where I feel a little more comfortable on a couple of these other ones, which is kind of where I'm at. No, I don't blame you. I mean, that is a really high number. I just feel like, I mean, Chubb's only 23 years old, so it's not like he's getting on that upper echelon where we kind of get a little scared at that 26 range. Uh, I think he's got a lot left in the tank. And, I mean, I personally, Chubb, I mean, he could lead the league in rushing this year. He has every opportunity to do so. Now, do I think that might happen? Probably not. But I'm just saying with the 1350, with what he averaged when Hunt came back, I'm, I feel all right about that. I think he's a good enough running back. Yeah, next one here. We'll kind of stick in the running back train. And I'm really surprised that Zeke's was at 1275. 1,275 rushing yards. He's gone over that in the past two seasons. I think that offense is going to be dynamite. The only question there is, are they going to lessen his workload a little bit? And are they going to throw more? They just drafted a receiver in the first round in CeeDee Lamb. McCarthy came in and said, Gallup is a number one receiver. He's one of the best he's seen. And he took shot at Packer fans there for never drafting one. And then he goes on and drafts a you know, receiver. But they have really good receivers. Do they throw the ball more? I, I, I mean, I, th- I still think running the ball is going to win you football games. I'm over for Zeke there. I'm feeling really confident in that one. I'll give that like an 8 or 9 out of 10. Um, he's done it twice. That one, I feel very, very comfortable going the over there. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to bet against Zeke. The guy is just such an animal. Um, I was looking at the stats on uh, Aaron Rodgers, actually, when McCarthy was there and how many times I threw the ball. And and I was looking at Dak and how many times he threw the ball the last two years. There really isn't a huge discrepancy. So last year, Dak threw the ball 596 times. The year before, he threw it 526 now, if you compare that to Rodgers, when McCarthy was there, you're looking at 597, which is like the exact same as Dak last year. You're looking at 610, which is a slight uptick, but not by a whole lot. Then 572. So you're looking at pretty much the same range. So in my mind, is is McCarthy going to give him a big uptick in passes? I don't think so. I think they threw a lot the last two years anyway. So I don't think he's going to throw a whole lot more. I don't think you can with a running back like Zeke. You're going to want to give him the ball. So you can't really throw a whole lot more. So with Zeke going over the last two years, I would say we're, you're right on par with that. I would take the over as well. I think he can go over 1275. He's just so good, and they have to utilize him. Yeah, hard to bet against that for sure. Let's keep going here. Dalvin Cook, 1,075 rushing yards. 1,075, just over 1,000 there. Taking the over-under there on Dalvin Cook. Um, Delvin Cook. Well, I don't think, like you said, I don't think he plays 16 games. There's slim to none chance that he does, but he's so explosive. So last year he played 14 games. He had 1135. The year before that he played 11 games. The year before that he played four. We all know he went down with that, with that knee injury. Um, I would put him right in the middle. I would say he plays in between 13 and 15 games, somewhere in there. So just over a thousand yards. Last year, he had 250 carries for four and a half. Uh, They got rid of Diggs, but they added Justin Jefferson. So I'm kind of putting a wash on the passing game. Um, It's really going to be when when Delvin Cook gets hurt to me. I'm actually – I didn't think I was going to say this, but I'm actually going to take 
the over for Cook. Not by a lot. Like, I'm thinking 1150 for Delvin Cook. I just think he's so talented when he is healthy. He's never going to average less than four yards a carry. He averaged four and a half last year. I I didn't think I'd say this, but I'm going to go the over on Cook. I think he's a super talented running back that, that can definitely get it done. If he plays, even if he plays 13 games, he's got a chance to get that done. Talented, no doubt. And I don't know if anybody's going to argue that. He's always had the talent. Listen to this, week 11 on. I'm worried about usage here because I think his body really, really wore down. Week 11 on, so week 11, he had 11 carries. 13. Week 13, he had 9. Week 14, he had 18, which is okay. Week 15, he had 9. So that's those last four that he actually played in, and he ended up missing the next two games. Those last four that he actually played in were the lowest on the season. Now, was that due to game flow? Was that due to the fact that his legs just needed a break? I don't know. Uh, I worry about long-term usage with him, which was why he was one of my sell candidates before I'm taking the under, and I'm feeling relatively confident in that. I'll take the under uh, 1,075 rushing yards for Dalvin Cook. Okay. Yeah, and I I wonder – I don't actually know the stat on this, but I wonder when he started getting less and less carries, I think the Vikings were looking – did they make playoffs last year? I believe they did. Yeah, they did because he came back for a playoff run, I believe. Yep. So I'm wondering if that's when they started to feel like pretty confident in making playoffs so they didn't feel like they had to use him as much. And Madison was running well. So I wonder if that had something to do with it. But you, you are right. Um, I just – I don't know. I just feel like if he can play 13 to 15 games – and they run him a decent amount. I mean, he still had 11 – he had 1,135 yards with having those crappy carries at the end and only playing 14 games. So, I mean, if if they don't give him those crappy carries at the end, there's a – I think there's a good shot to go over 1,075. But that's where we have our conversations and differentiate for sure. The thing is, too, I'm big on weight room picks. Did you see Mike Boone, the third string running back? Oh, God, I bet you the, the the beat writers were all over that one. He's probably starting week one, I think, isn't he? I absolutely love the weight room picks. and Everybody gets so jacked up. Remember, like, Josh Gordon had his a few years back running around. His arms were the size of both of my thighs put together. Um, and Mike Boone had one of those pictures, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that guy's jacked. So I think Cook's usage goes down a little bit just to try and save his legs. It's kind of like Let's, the A.J. Dillon. Oh, go ahead. The, it's kind of like the A.J. Dillon thigh picture. Dude, <laughs> those things are like tree trunks. Yeah, he doesn't skip leg day, that's for sure. Oh, man. Yeah, go ahead and pick someone here, Ryan. Let's, let's do a couple more running backs. We'll move on to a different position. Let's go with somebody maybe not the top dog. Um, and somebody that's, We can go somebody that's talked about quite a bit here. Okay. Um, I feel like, well, I'm going to kind of, I'm actually going to skip a couple because I feel like I've been saying over on every single one. So I'm going to go with somebody who I think is going to go under the line. Um, and that's Sony Michelle. Uh, his line right now is at 924 yards rushing on the year. So he's already not even, not even at camp, not even participating. They signed Lamar Miller. Um, there's been glowing reviews out of, I know, I know the beat writers, but 
Sony Michelle hasn't cracked 950 yards yet. He's on the P P U P, I believe, still from last year's kind of or over the off season. A little, I think it was a knee scope or something. Again, he's got terrible knees, and he did not look explosive as at all last year. And I'm kind of starting to think that they might just be starting to fade Sony Michelle personally. I don't think they're going to give him another shot for running backs. You either hit early and quick, or you are going to get thrown to the wayside. And he hasn't produced what they thought he was going to produce. He was a first round running back back in 2018. They drafted him in the first round. I mean, they have James White, they have Damian Harris, who was going to be another year into the playbook. They signed Lamar Miller for a reason. Sure. He ended up on the pup right away as well, but they, they didn't sign him for no reason. They want depth because I don't think they have confidence in Sony at all to stay healthy and to be explosive and to get the job done for him. And I'm going to under on Sony. Um, I don't actually think it's close either. Under for sure. And he was one of those guys that, you know, high school knee injury candidate, you know, we never thought his, his NFL career was going to last long. So that, that Patriots pick when they took him that early was for a, a good two year span. He's on his downside. Uh, really, really no value in, in dynasty right now. His value is lowered a ton. Damian Harris getting a lot of workload in camp. Take that with what you want. Uh, Lamar Miller signing James White there. Too many mouths. I also think Cam Newton runs the ball and takes some rushing yards away too. So uh, especially maybe some of the, the goal line stuff that Michelle would kind of get. I think Cam's going to sneak a few of those in. And that's just, it's rushing yards and it's, it's touchdowns for Sony. I don't think he sniffs it. Uh, under for sure. I'd be very, very confident in betting that one. Let's move on here. That, that was a good one. I'm glad you said that. A guy that <clears throat> we don't know really how you're choosing, and you like to see a good two years out of somebody. What about Josh Jacobs? His number is set at, you know, 1220. Uh, was a stud last year. Josh Jacobs, what do we expect out of him? 1220 is a pretty good number. Um, what do you think, Josh Jacobs, at 1220? Um, I mean, I do like Jacobs as a prospect. I definitely do. I think he's low-end running back one. He went 1150 last year, uh, but he only played 13 games. Uh, the, the thing that concerns me is I don't think they use him out of the backfield enough, but he's already came out and vocal, vocalized that he would want to be used, that he wants to be used more in the passing game. He can do it. That's, that's what he did in college. Well, this is all rushing anyways, though. 1220 rushing yards. Oh, that's okay. Good point. I'm just talking about the player in general. Okay. So rushing yards. So like I said, 1150 last year, um, but only played 13 games. So 1220 to me, he averaged 4.75 yards a carry last year, which is pretty darn good. Um, I'm going to take the over on him, assuming he plays all 16 games. I'm going to take the over on that. And, I mean, he's talented enough to do it. He proved he can average a good yards per carry. I don't think his job is going anywhere with who they who they drafted at all. And playing all 16 games, I think he goes over that by quite a bit, to be honest with you. I'm taking the over there. And I remember just watching a couple of Raiders games last year. Well, sorry. Now they're, they're not – Oh, they're in Las Vegas now, but still the Raiders. And he just runs so hard, and he's, he's really fun to watch. I think he goes over easy. Could he be a top three scoring running back, assuming, and we're going off tangent here, but if he gets a little more work in the passing game and, and plays full season, could he be a top three? Could he be a sneaky guy to finish first? That offense should be a little better. 
you know, they upgraded some stuff on offense. I know they got another guy in the backfield there you were kind of worried about. I mean, who's who's a dark horse that could finish first? Some people think it's Miles Sanders. Uh, I don't know if it's Miles, but could Josh Jacobs be in that talk? Like, who's your dark horse candidate to lead the running backs in scoring? Oh, man. Um, putting me on the spot a little bit here, but, hey, that's good. So I don't think Jacob – Jacobs would have to have one hell of an uptick to get on in his receiving game to finish one. And I do think that part of the draft scares me a little bit. doesn't scare me about the rushing at all, which is what I said earlier. But them signing back Jalen Richard, them signing Lyndon Bowden Jr., it just scares me a little bit. Like, I don't understand why would you, you, why you would do that if you, if you think that Jacobs is going to come out of the backfield all the time. He only had 20 receptions last year. I mean, that would have to go up by like 30 at least. Yeah, okay, assuming that. I'm just, give me a dark horse candidate to, to be the leading scorer. Um, we can even go in PPR. Okay. Uh, the leading scorer, dark horse candidate. Um, I don't know if it's super dark horse just because he's finished pretty high every year, but I don't know if a whole lot of people are picking him. I think Alvin Kamara can because of the utilization out of the backfield. Um, I don't think Miles Sanders can finish – running back one. Um, I mean, this could be a little biased, but it's kind of the same deal as Jacobs. Uh, Joe Mixon, he's got all the talent in the world, but I just don't think they utilize him well enough. So out of the utilization, you're looking at, they utilize Zeke a lot. They utilize Delvin Cook, but he gets hurt a lot. CMC is obviously the stud and the favorite. Barkley, um, and then kind of that's the tier break where I think that if you're looking at, I guess, Dark Horse, not in tier one, I'm a, I would put my money on Kamara. I think Henry goes down this year um, compared to last year. So, I don't know. That's tough to say as far as a dark horse without actually looking at anything. So, I'm going to just go with Kamara here. Yeah, I know. I kind of put you on the spot there. Um, I don't know. Just kind of interesting. There's always that one guy that really breaks out. Is it going to be a rookie? Uh, is it going to be – is David Johnson going to resurge and have a, a fantastic year uh, with a new team? You know, I don't know. I'm going to go to a receiver here. And if you want to go back to a, uh, a running back, you absolutely can. Um, and, well, let's just go with uh, a guy that I I actually own, and I, I really like it, and I want to see him do really well. It's a, actually a fantastic line here. Um, OBJ lines at 1,050 yards. 1,050 yards for OBJ in Cleveland. I think he goes over that. Um, last, year, he was hurt last year. Yeah, he was hurt. Yeah, so he was playing like banged up all last year, right? Yeah, he had something going on. I can't domino injury, yeah. I think. I don't even know what it was exactly. I forgot. But I mean, last year he still went over 1,000 yards last year playing hurt like the entire year. And he had 133 targets still, but Baker was running for his life back there and just chucking up balls, hoping OBJ could catch it. Um, I'm definitely taking the over for, for Beckham this year. I think that's a no-brainer. 1,050. He had 1,035 last year playing hurt with a terrible offensive line for Baker. So I think that's an easy one. If I'm putting my money on something, I think that's fairly easy. 
I agree. He goes over. Next guy. All right. So next guy for me, I'm going to go in the receiving category. We talked about him on the last pod a little bit, but let's go Marquise Brown. So the line has him at 850 yards and seven touchdowns. We'll throw on touchdowns here because the line included it on this one. Um, I'm going the under. I just think it's such a low-volume offense. They drafted a running back. They drafted a wide receiver. They went with offensive line, and they drafted defense. To me, that's screaming that you want to run the ball even more, potentially. Drafting a top, in my mind, top three rookie running back, if not top two, um, as far as talent-wise. They drafted another wide receiver. They went with the offensive line to kind of revamp that running game even more, and then they went with defense. So. I don't think they want to throw the ball a whole lot. And Marquise Brown, to me, is so boomer bust, it, it, it bugs me. And they, they say how we put on, put on all, the, all these pounds over the offseason, and that doesn't even really matter to me. Um, as a rookie, he played 14 games, but he did have a bum foot, had metal on his foot. He had 46 receptions, 584 yards, and the line is at 850. Um, I, don't, I think he's more of like a 750 guy. To, to me, like a 750 yards, he's going to have some games with 140 yards, and he's going to have a bunch of games with 23 yards. Um, such a low-volume offense. Run first with the boomer bust potential there. I'm going the under, um, and I do actually think that seven touchdown range, that one I'm actually going to go the under as well. I can see myself being wrong on that just because of the boomer bust because he can take so many deep balls to the end zone. But I'm going to go under and under on the 850 and 7. Of course, what do I see? And I, I, I express my, my negative feelings towards Hollywood. Uh, and, of course, what happens today? I see it on video. He, I, I, I think it was a pass. They didn't really show too much of the video, but he housed it and he beat the DB. So the, the, the you, thing- you know what you got coming. It's 67, 50, three or four touchdowns. And – it, like you said, boomer bust. I do not see the volume getting to him. Um, Mark Andrews heavily there. And, you know, Lamar is not going to throw for 5,000 yards. So I, I really, really do think that. And even if he does play all the games, I, I still think that's under. Um, yeah. They're going to utilize him in other ways to try and get him the ball. But like you said, he's going to have those weeks where he's got 30 yards. And just that little tiny frame of his. Although I did read that he put on some weight, and we'll see. Uh, hopefully, he didn't lose too much speed there, though. because that's how he played. So, but I want to uh, add, add something on that. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Hollywood. That video that you guys saw, and I want to just point out to the listeners here: when we're analyzing players, you're you're not always looking at that surface, right? So the surface and what everybody was tweeting about was the outcome of the play. What I what I saw was that play for him to run the route and complete the route that took five seconds. So in my head, like you got to take that with a grain of salt too. Are you always going to have four or five seconds to throw the ball? No, you're looking at getting it out in two and a half, three and a half seconds. So these crazy double routes, you got to take that with a grain of salt. If everybody's getting hyped up about Marquise Brown over that one touchdown. Sure. It was a, it was a nice route, but it just, it took too long for me. That's the kind of things that I'm looking for when I am watching those training camp videos. It's not the outcome that the, the headliners are. It's the, it's the behind the scenes kind of stuff that you're looking for. 
great point. That is going to make it tough for Hollywood. Um, a guy that people are counting on, and I've seen some people have him ranked, you know, extremely, extremely high. DJ Moore is at 1,050. Going over there, DJ Moore is going to have a really nice year. 1,050 seems extremely low for me, uh, regardless of who the quarterback is. He's a very, very nice receiver. I feel very, very confident going over 1,050. Um, he should smash that. I think he's more towards 1,300. I sure hope so because I, I traded for him this year. Um, I'm also a huge fan. He has 23 years old, coming off of a 1,200-yard season last year as a 22-year-old. Uh, had 135 targets last year with, with Kyle Allen throwing him the ball, uh, reeled in 87 catches. Um, as, mu- as much as people want to hate on Teddy Bridgewater, I actually think that's a major upgrade. Uh, I think that fits DJ Moore's skill set. We've talked about this before. He only played 15 games last year, too, so he didn't miss a game in there. I'm going way over on that. Um, I think he's just such a great talent, a great route runner, and he gets an upgrade at quarterback. He's, he's going to be a stud. Um, I know uh, John from the Monocle Dynasty, they have a great podcast as well. He has, he's put out his hot take that DJ Moore should be considered the number one dynasty wide receiver. Now, I love DJ Moore. And he's not saying he's going to be the number one wide receiver this year, but as far as dynasty rankings goes, he has DJ Moore as the number one wide receiver. He's a huge fan. Um, And he's also made some great points in his podcast as well. And I'm kind of right on board with him. I don't know if I'd rank him at one, at least not yet, but he could be ahead of the curve with this. I do think he smashes that over under though. Yeah. He's very talented. Very, very talented. Dynasty wise. You could argue I mean, he's top five, no doubt, in Dynasty. Um, just with the age there and his athleticism and, and everything. So let's go. Uh, gosh, I, I just feel like some of these are so low. DeAndre Hopkins is at 1,125 with eight touchdowns. With the volume that he's going to get, the yards, he should smash 1,125. Absolutely smash that. Eight touchdowns, I think he's going to be really close to that. Um, I will go over. I really like D-Hop. I think Kyler Murray takes a huge uptick. I already expressed my love for Kyler saying that I think he's going to be the top-scoring quarterback this year, and uh, he takes a big jump. So D-Hop, 11-25, eight touchdowns. I think he goes over both uh, because of his talent and because of Kyler just being a stud. I would agree. I think think Hopkins is going to get peppered with targets there. I think they were missing that outside wide receiver. And a lot of people like Christian Kirk this year. And I, I, I do too, actually. I think with as much volume as that offense is going to see, uh, I think that's what brings down Hopkins' line, though, is because they have some other pieces still there, like Larry Fitz and, and Christian Kirk. And I'm not really buying that whole thing. I think Hopkins is one of the best wide receivers in the league. As far as talent-wise, he's top three, four talent in the the entire league and you're not gonna with that high volume offense that explosion of an offense you're not gonna find ways you're not not gonna find ways to just pepper him with targets and toss up the ball for him so I would agree I'm taking the over there all right give us somebody here could be running back or receiver we'll do a few more all right so my next guy the so this is on the receiving line it's not a wide receiver though I'm going to go, we just talked about him earlier with actually our first guy, uh, Kareem Hunt. His over-under on receptions for the year 
is 58. I'm actually taking the over there. And last year with those last eight games, he was actually on pace for an entire season to have 74 receptions for a full, if the, if the full season was played and it was his first year in Cleveland. Now I've already said, I don't think he's a huge fantasy asset. I do think he's a mid to low running back too, which can be valuable on your fantasy team for sure. But 58 receptions, the way that he was catching the ball of the backfield last year on pace for 74, that's a huge discrepancy for me especially for a guy who got suspended the first eight games at his first year on a new team. I think that he goes, I think he crushes that 58 reception mark. I mean, you're looking at 58 divided by 16, assuming he plays all 16, it's 3.6. Now, when you look at it like that, it's like, can he catch 3.6 balls? Can he catch four balls a game? Yeah, he can. Um, God, I, that backfield just drives me insane. I, I just wish Hunt was somewhere else where he could get a little more usage because he's a really, really good player. And I wish he wouldn't steal it from Chubb because I actually really like Nick Chubb. Um, I do think he goes over that too. I mean, that number seems extremely low for me. I think he's up more towards 60 to 65. Um, I don't know if he gets his, what did you say, 70 stuff? I don't know if he goes that much. But I think he's definitely in the 60s, low 60s probably. So I think he does. He does hit that fifty-eight mark. He can. He can catch five balls a game. I think. The way I don't. You got Austin Hooper there. David Njoku running two tight tight end sets. Uh, OBJ. I mean, not everybody on the team can have a breakout. So I. I mean, I. I mean, I'm still saying he's going over because I think the line's low. I just think that that offense in general is going to perform better than they did last year. So part of my love for that entire offense, really, minus. Tight end. I don't like tight end. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think that offense, they better take an uptick. We've been projecting an uptick for about five years now. So they got to do it soon, you would think. But who's your next guy, Tyler? Let's go back here. And just because, God, I love rookies. I mean, I I, I swear to God, I, I just need to turn into a Debbie guy. And I need to start going to high school football games and start recruiting these guys and just analyzing tape. I just love rookies. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, 750 rushing yards. Uh, I'm going to smash the over here. I think he's very, very close to 1,000. As soon as Marlon Mack just gets the heck out of the way, you're going to see fantasy stardom. Um, I did see a question, though. I mean, how early are you taking Taylor in redraft? That is the really difficult thing. So right now he's, like, going somewhere in the fifth is his ADP. I mean – He's going to start flying off the boards here. Once training camp hits, it's not going to take long. Is he going to start going in like the late third? I mean, when do you start taking Jonathan Taylor? That's very, very tough. And a redraft is hard. Dynasty, yeah, he was my 1.01, and I, I don't feel bad about it at all, even though um, CEH is now the man uh, in Kansas City. I, I don't want to get too far off topic here. Jonathan Taylor, 750. I'm smashing the over on that. I want to go toss 100 on that right now. Easy. Easy. I think – I just think he's so much more talented than Mac, and people are just saying how Mac is an average back, and he's going to take carries away from Taylor because he's an average back. That's the thing, though. They signed a 35-year-old, 36-year-old quarterback. They signed – or they drafted a wide receiver. They, they're looking to win now. They're not going to settle with – an average back taking carries from an elite back. 
I think Taylor has the potential and talent and, and physical traits to, to be and is an elite back. So 750 for me that he's going to be, like you said, he's going to be up around a thousand. He's already taking first team reps uh, with that offense. So if you, if you, even if you think he's going to split carries right away, it's not going to be for long when Mac is only averaging four yards a carry and Taylor is going to be averaging four, seven with, with a bunch of big plays and he's going to have that have more power to have those red zone touches as well. So I'm, I think that's pretty easy, easy bet in my mind. He's a better generational pro. I mean, he really compares to like Zeke and um, uh, uh, Saquon Barkley. You just look at like the measurables. He had better college production than Barkley. It's like, Oh my God, he had, he's one of the best college runners of all time. Over 6,000 rushing yards, freak athlete, heavy, speed score off the charts like he is poised for stardom uh maybe that's your dark horse top five candidate there you know depending on uh, he is you just you can only sit him for so long right maybe that's your dark horse candidate there maybe he's not gonna probably catch enough balls to even sniff that uh top five status but uh they I mean, he's better at catching them it's not like his hands are made of rocks and he can't catch the ball the badgers didn't throw i'm a badger fan they don't throw the ball all right they don't, especially the running backs the fact that he had 26 catches is because they were trying to get him the ball, uh, not the fact that he just wasn't getting open or can't catch. Melvin Gordon did the same thing, and he's doing just fine in the NFL catching the football. Uh, Miles Sanders, 1,000 rushing yards. This one is tough, okay, and, I, and we're going back to the running backs here, folks. We're going to kind of – we'll end it up here or, you know, finish things up here in a couple minutes, but I really want to talk about Miles Sanders, one of the most highly talked about guys in fantasy right now. 1,000 yards is his over-under. Okay. What are you doing with that, Ryan? I'm going over on it, Tyler. Um, I, I actually, I do like Sanders. I know I talked about selling him before because his, his price was so high and everything, but that's because he is a very, very good running back. He's only 23 years old. Um, I looked up after the bye week and his, util- his utilization went way up after that bye week. And Howard went down with an injury. So Sanders was the guy there. He averaged 68 rushing yards a game, and which equates to 1,100 yards for the full season. Um, that, and that's as a rookie. Now, they've already come out and said that Sanders is the guy, and they have done nothing in the offseason to prove otherwise. So another year in the offense, he's going to be the guy. He's going to get more utilization. He's going to be on the field for more snaps. I think he's going over a thousand yards. I think he's more of a twelve hundred yard guy, and I think he does catch a lot of passes along with that. I know the line's rushing, but as far as just a skill set of a player, the guy's a stud. And if he's already the guy there, they're not signing anybody as of right now. This could all change if they sign somebody else to be a change of pace back. But right now he's the guy, and when he was used as the guy as a rookie, he averaged sixty eight yards per game, which is 1,100 yards. So if his line's at 1,000, I'm going over. It's – and I, I know he's a really, really good football player. It's tough. They didn't sign anybody. So are they just saying that he's the man? I'm worried about workload, though. So you said 1,200 rushing yards. He had 500 receiving, too. You're talking 17, 1,800, you know, all-purpose yards. He's pushing 2,000 all-purpose yards at that you know, prediction there, Polish. Uh, I mean, that's a lot of yards. You're talking, that's your, 
that's your dark horse candidate for uh, the highest scoring running back in the league. If you think he's going to rush for 1,200 yards, because the receiving game is going to be there too. Uh, that is, I just answered your question, that is the dark horse candidate to be the highest scoring running back. 1,000 yards is not that hard. Marlon Mack went over 1,000 last year, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and, you know, we're not the biggest fans of him. Miles Sanders should go over 1,000. I, I think it's going to be close, though. I really think they're going to have – they're going to rotate it in. You know, they, they talk about he's having this great role. Corey Clement's back. They say he looks great. Boston Scott should get some receiving work. I, somebody else is going to have to run the ball. So I think it's actually close to 1,000. I don't think he's pushing 1,200. That's a lot of yards. And, I mean, is he going to push 2,000 all-purpose yards? Well, it depends on what you're saying is push. I think he could – I mean, when I say 1,200 rushing yards, I would say that's his potential is what I mentioned. So, what is realistically – yeah, sure, he can – I mean, what did he have last year? I mean, if we're talking 15 – Yeah, 890-ish or 818, sorry, um, I mean, and 509 like, receiving. So, that's so about 1,300 yards. Right. As a rookie, when he was – in the first half of the year with Jordan Howard there, his snap share didn't go over. He went over 50% once. His snap share, that's just when he's on the field. His carries didn't go over 13, but once. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's going to be another year in the offense. He's going to get more. You know he's going to get more touches than that. And once, once that bye week hit, his snap share went – over 80% almost the entire time, which I would say that's good. It didn't go over 90, so he wasn't on the field the whole time there either. So I don't think that's far-fetched, to be honest with you. Well, when we did that mock draft and I got him at like RB11, I mean, we're talking, if you were to add up his numbers and his touches, you're talking he's a top five running back. So I know you weren't a big fan of his ADP a couple weeks ago. Um, his ADP justifies that if he's going to get that kind of touches and get that kind of yardage. Uh, I do think he's a really, really nice player. I think he goes over a thousand. Um, I, that just seems stupid. I'm going to go toss a hundred on that right as soon as we end this thing. Um, anybody else you want to talk about before we kind of wrap things up here? You know, we can, let's go with two more guys and, uh, we can kind of wrap this thing up Two guys, you know, give me a guy that you really like or, um, somebody that a lot of people like, maybe you don't think is going to exceed expectations, but I mean, just give me a name. Sure. Um, I'm going to go with a guy that a lot of people are starting to kind of fade on. I think it's kind of half and half in the community right now. Um, and that's Amari Cooper. So his lines at 74 receptions, 1100 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, I think with the, even if it's the same thing as last year, we've talked about this before. With Prescott, if he throws it 600 times again, and they brought in Lamb, he's going to be a rookie with a weird offseason. So I would put him at a Randall Cobb-esque season, if not just slightly worse. So, I mean, another year in that offense for Cooper. Gallup is still a good player, but he went over both of those, all of those lines last year. And you know he was banged up for a couple of games where he only played like what is it? 4% of the snaps one time. And then he'd go under 50 another week. Um, he was playing with a limp one week and only had two targets. So 
to me, I think that's I think he's over on all three of them. I think he's one of the most talented wide receivers in the league. I think he runs one of the best routes in the league. And I think he's undervalued with the signing of Lamb there, at least for the 2020 season. And Mark McCarthy's there. So you know though, that passing attempt's not going to go down a whole lot. They're going to throw it 580 to 600 times. And Lamb, a lot of people have expectations for him. But again, it's a weird offseason. He's a rookie. And I think he can go over 74, 1107. All of these seem really low, too. I think he's over um, on all three, like you said. I mean, everything you just said, volume is the king, right? They're going to toss the ball a ton. They just drafted a receiver. They're, you know, you already said it. I don't need to re- you know, reiterate that um, point right there. What about Kenny Galladay? 11.75 and seven touchdowns. Uh, where do you feel like about Galladay? I mean, he's a really fantastic receiver. Guys sleep on him. Uh, Matt Stafford is a very, very sneaky good quarterback. 11.75 and seven touchdowns for Kenny. 11.75 for Kenny. I mean, he was right there last year playing. What, what, what helped him all last year with his, as far as his overall rank after the season was he had 11 touchdowns last year. Um, he averaged 18.3 yards per catch. So 11.75 for Galladay. I don't know. It's going to be right around there, Tyler. I think people are just hoping for an uptick, but nothing has really changed there. If anything, they gained a major passing asset out of the backfield. Marvin Jones isn't going anywhere. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, nothing has really changed a whole lot, if you, if you ask me. So people are expecting him to be a top eight, seven guy this year just due to his red zone efficiency. But just for the sake of us going over all the time, because it's so close, I'm going to say under on Galladay. It might make me sound stupid right now. But I think Marvin Jones, was he banged up last year too? That sounds about right. Let me let me look quick. So Marvin Jones only played 13 games. but And he has good red zone efficiency too. But I think with the addition of Swift, he's going to get targets out of the backfield, um, which is any target not to a wide receiver is taken away from, from Kenny Galladay to me. So if they start throwing the ball to Swift, and even if he's out of the slot, that's going to take some away. And is he going to go 11 touchdowns again? I'm not betting on it. That's a lot of touchdowns to repeat something like that. So just even the red zone targets could go down. And I'll just say the under on 11.75. It's going to be interesting what uh, new offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel does. Because you look at Seattle Seahawks' Daryl Bevel, it was run game comes first play action pass um i mean what does that mean for the lions is this why they went out and got deandre swift because they're going to run the ball more um i don't know the answer to that question that number is so close 1175 is so close that's one of the more difficult ones if you're a betting person go smash one of those ones that we already talked about i mean some of those just seem stupid easy this one is not easy. 1175, Kenny Galladay. I think he's a really, really good receiver. Excuse me, really, really good receiver. I'm still taking the over. Everybody's going over today for Tyler, I guess. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough, right? I mean, that's why the betting lines are where they're at. And we're going over on a lot of these guys that we feel very good about going into the season that we feel either something changed in the off season that's going to help them out or they even just something little, if the lines are close, something little, like they just have another year in the offense to acclimate. I mean, you've seen it time and time again, the more comfortable you get with the playbook, the more you see the field, the more targets you may get. You got to be on the field to be getting targets. You got to be on the field to be getting carries. So with Kenny Galladay, it's just, it's so close to me. It's just a little bit scary. <laughs> I, I, it's, it, it could be right there. I think he's going to have a very similar season. I think people are expecting upticks in the community in general as a whole. I'm not really expecting a huge uptick from Galladay. I think he's kind of right where, right where he should be, or right where, right where he was last year. Yeah, he. I mean, he's a great receiver. I. You know, turning 26, I believe. Uh, I'd have to double check that. So, still relatively young, 6'4, good frame, passing offense. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good, but not not too confident on that one. But it, my confidence level is a little bit low, but I, I like him a lot. So, anybody else you want to talk about before we wrap this thing up? Or do we kind of cover the main, main guys here? No, I'd say we covered the main guys. I mean, there's betting lines on just about anybody but we covered the ones that we thought that we kind of had to talk about um I don't want to talk the reason that I didn't mention this guy before is because I pretty much talk about him on every single episode that we have that's Darius Slayton his line is 47 674 and 5 I think that's just extremely low for a guy who I'm guessing is going to be the number one wide receiver on the team um with Daniel Jones in the offense again um I don't want to talk about it a whole lot because I talk about them all the time, but I think that is just ridiculously low. Um, you need to go place that bat as soon as we're done with this. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. He's He went over that as a rookie last year with a rookie quarterback, um, and we got concussion central over there with Shepard, so I can't, I, I can't expect him to play 16 games again. So that's just ridiculous. But other than that, I don't have a whole lot that really stood out to me that I really wanted to talk about. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hope this helped everybody. We're talking about these betting lines, but that's that should kind of give you an idea of what we think about these players for the 2020 season. So any of you redraft guys out there, if you're in, if you're dynasty guys that are in redraft leagues, um, hopefully this helps you either go make a trade or if you haven't have your, had your drafts yet, um, hopefully this kind of helps you gauge where we see these players and why. Uh, if you have any questions, absolutely hit us up at, on Twitter at Dynasty Block for sure. Um, and if you are listening to the pod right now, you liked what you heard, um, make sure you tell your friends about us for sure. Go give us a review. Give us those five stars. All right. No, no lower than four would be good. But, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed everything today. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Once again, great as always. And the NFL season's coming upon us here. I'm excited. We need this in our lives. We need to get back to some normalcy, even if there's no fans in the stands. I know NBA playoffs are on. Uh, but it's just not the same. We need football back in our lives here as fall approaches, and uh, I can't wait. So, as always, great chatting with you. Thanks for listening to Block in the Back. Thank you for listening to Block in the Back podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Dynasty Fantasy football related. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button, tell all your friends about us, and then hop on Twitter and give us a follow at Dynasty Block. Thank you, and remember, you are listening to Block in the Back.